everybody. Welcome to Utterly Astounded, where eschatology meets current events meets real life. At least my regular real life at home here in Southern California. Hi, everybody. Welcome and thanks so much for listening. I am intrigued by a topic, and the topic is placement, moving, and land, and God's will in all of that. And how does that relate to the last days? Well, a lot of Christians I know are searching for higher ground meaning states that are conservative with Republican governors. I live in California. If you don't live in California and are listening, keep listening because it will apply to you as far as the broader principles of geography and God's direction. So many people are moving out of California into, from what I gather, either Idaho or Arizona or Texas or Florida. And there are a lot of reasons for that, not the least of which is political and wanting to live in an area where our Christian beliefs have a better audience. Our rights as citizens are taken more seriously, etc. And money. California is expensive. I think our gas is at least a dollar more, maybe more than the rest of the nation. So Happy New Year, even though this is February. I'm a little late for the new year, but I did want to talk about the asinine laws that just went into effect in California in January of 2022. So this is the rundown in case you live in the Golden State and you haven't heard about these things. All California residents and businesses will be required to sort their organic waste from the rest of their waste, thanks to Senate Bill 1383. So throwing food in a plastic bag that's where it needs to go and then into your yard bin. And so, which is really funny because they say that we shouldn't be using plastic bags. We're not supposed to be using them. So go out and get them and put your organic waste in them. This is totally pretzel logic. So if it takes some time though, getting used to doing this, don't stress. Fines won't start until 2024. So I always love this example. So I can go to my local Target, let's say, or you know, pick a store and steal just under $900 worth of merchandise. I believe that's what it is. Or just under a thousand, I think it's 900. Just under $900 worth of merchandise and pretty much get away with it. But if I put a banana peel in the wrong bin, look out, I'm going to be slapped with a fine. The next one is businesses with 26 or more employees will be required to pay a $15 minimum wage. That's more than double the federal minimum of $7.25 an hour. 2023, so the following year, next year, California businesses with fewer than 26 employees will have to raise it to $15 as well. If you recall, they did this in Seattle and even the New York Times, which of course is a liberal newspaper, very, very liberal, I believe they had an article a few years back about how it didn't work. It was an economic epic fail. So they're doing it here now. That makes all sorts of sense. So then an animal welfare law passed by voters, whoever you people are in 2018, that takes effect this year. It requires that breeding pigs, egg-laying chickens, and veal calves have enough room to stand and turn around. I don't know why that's important, but there you have it. Not that I am cruel to animals. I mean, I love animals, right? Who doesn't? But there's a limit. Next, Assembly Bill 37 makes permanent vote by mail, so people can still vote in person if they choose, but I think this is voter fraud on the loose, and I really don't believe that we'll ever have a free, fair election in this country again. And then restaurants will soon be prohibited from handing out single-use silverware or condiments without requesting them. So that means you'll just have to ask for your soy sauce or ketchup or a plastic fork. 
and then another new law will make it possible for concerned family members, teachers, coworkers, and employers to ask a judge to seize ghost guns from someone they think could be a danger to themselves or others. Well, ghost guns are purchased apparently and then in, in parts and assembled at home, making them hard to track. Not that I think it's a good idea to have the ability to put together an untraceable gun when it comes to criminals, but I think this is far too invasive for a free society. What What's next? I mean, really, right? Judge, take a look at this person. I think they need mental health services. They need to be committed. And then here come the men with the white coats, although I'm not really sure that they do it that way anymore, but I still have that image in my mind from, I don't know, movies from the 30s. But the principle is the same. You can uh, have a problem with someone and then convince somebody that they need to be, quote unquote, taken away. All right, next, terminally ill patients won't have to wait as long to request fatal drugs. The waiting period between the two required requests will drop from 15 days to 48 hours. So you can kill yourself within 48 hours, which begs the question, of the law I just mentioned, if you think the person is a danger to themselves, you can ask the judge to intervene regarding the ghost gun because they may kill themselves. But if you're sick and you want to kill yourself, they've just made that easier. Oh, but only for the terminally ill patients? Well, everyone can make a case that they are living a bad quality of life, they don't wanna go on, and it's the best thing to do for them to kill themselves. And I can also make the case that everyone has a terminal illness. We are all going to die. We're all terminal. It's simply a matter of time. So there you go. There's another argument if you wanna get those fatal drugs within 48 hours. Oh, this is so upside down and backwards. Assembly Bill 48 prohibits police from using rubber bullets or tear gas to disperse crowds at a protest. They also can't be used against someone just because they've violated non-compliance with a law enforcement directive. So if you're running or you're not obeying the law or you're trying to get away or you're resisting arrest, I think that that won't apply. So they're making it harder, of course, on cops to enforce the law or protect themselves or society. The next one is companies with five directors need to have at least two of them be women. So here you have affirmative action in action. Companies with six or more directors need to have at least three of them as women. So much for choosing the best qualified candidate. Yeah, we're down to that, of course. Gender and race. Wonderful. Starting January 1st, the state is launching so they've already started this, a pilot program, this is really funny and so weird, that will allow people to collect and eat roadkill, deer, elk, proghorn, antelope, or wild pig that have been killed by a, I'm gonna call it a hit and run. So you'll have to report the find and secure a permit before eating, but the state is required to create an online way to do that. They're going to make it really easy. Now this is all very bizarre. I didn't even know that you needed a law to eat roadkill or that people were interested per se in eating roadkill. But there you go, in case you've wondered about that. And these are all on top of all the other dumb laws that already exist. So now we can pretty much live with that though. These laws are ridiculous in, in most cases, but do we pull up stakes and go to another state because of the above laws? Maybe not. But the real concern is what could be coming down the pike 
with, let's say, the Supreme Court decision, probably due this summer, with the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned and the law on that, on abortion, reverting to the states. Gavin Newsom said that the state of California will become an abortion sanctuary, adding he's aware that patients will likely travel to California from other states to seek abortions. And he says, we are looking at ways to support that inevitability and looking at ways to expand our protections. California already pays for abortions for many low-income residents through the state's Medicaid program. And California is one of six states that require private insurance companies to cover abortions. So what the state would do is propose this funding, including public spending, to support patients seeking abortion for travel expenses such as gas, lodging, transportation, and childcare. It asks lawmakers to reimburse abortion providers for services to those who can't afford to pay, including those who travel to California from other states whose income is low enough that they would qualify for state-funded abortions under Medicaid if they lived there. So, or here in California. So basically, we'll pay your way. We'll pay your way in spades. I mean, that is a fully funded trip. Apparently, statistically, California has a very high rate of abortion in the first place. Now, if we did become a quote unquote abortion sanctuary, which is a totally ironic term, out of state abortions would also likely be later term procedures that they can't get elsewhere, which of course are more complicated and expensive. Yes, this is from an article that I was reading. Uh-huh, it is more complicated and expensive. The bigger the baby gets, the harder it is to kill it. Also, they want lawmakers to help clinics increase their workforce to prepare for more patients by giving scholarships to medical students who pledge to offer abortion services in rural areas, help them pay off their student loans, and assist them with their monthly liability insurance premiums. These are essentially incentives to perform abortions. That makes me just about ready to lose my breakfast. I mean, how disgusting and wicked can you get? So if California becomes a sanctuary for abortion and the ground under our feet is steeped in the blood of the innocent, do we take our tax money and leave as a protest to such vile practices 100% against God's law? Does that drive us out? The lawlessness in this state particularly is what I'm thinking about for instance, with the subject like that and what it stands for. And I learned from Wikipedia, yes, there are statistics on this, which has the highest LGBTQ population. Now these are stats from 2012, probably things haven't changed much, but you guessed it, who has the highest amount? California, followed by Texas, New York, Florida, and Illinois. Now I mentioned this sin in particular because so much of what that population is pushing are laws to restrict biblical truth. We just had an incident at church last Sunday where our pastor was talking about this issue and how we were going to start a school so we don't have that government influence on the kids to push homosexual, transgender agendas. I mean, isn't that what private school is supposed to be about? You get to teach the kids what your agenda, quote unquote, is and what your values support. So we want a generation of kids that can actually learn biblical truth and be free from some of the secular teachings that are going on. And then we had some man, either he ran in, I wasn't sure if he ran in or he stood up in the middle of the pew when our pastor was talking. This is a huge sanctuary, I don't know, 3,000 people and yelled a horrible vulgar statement, which really cannot even be repeated. 
It was demonic. I'm not surprised. Get ready. I've said it before. Demonic activity is on the increase. He was probably maybe, I don't know, a plant because of our standard for biblical truth, sitting there in the pew or whatever, waiting for John to say something so that he could cause mayhem. But it was so blasphemous that it was scary. And again, this is not about, quote unquote, the homosexual sin that I'm I'm saying that that is uh, you know, the worst thing anybody could do. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that agenda, with the lawlessness of that agenda pushing on us as biblical Christians, the way that we need to react or the way that we need to think or the way that we need to accept is just uh, full of lawlessness, right? I mean, what are the lands that God uh, judged you think about? I mean, I think about Nineveh because of their violence and their bloodshed. Okay, so I'm kind of paralleling that with abortion. Nineveh and um, Sodom and Gomorrah, right, because of their homosexual activity. So again, I'm just thinking about land, boundaries, <laughs> judgment, etc. And if that's not enough, that's not enough. California ranks number three in the country for worst drivers. You probably knew that. You may be one. You may be laughing, but you may be one, which is really weird because we have the best weather. So we should all be driving nicely and not getting into accidents. There's a bunch of people locked in blizzards on the East Coast highways, but they're not getting into the accidents that we do here. Probably, maybe it's because they drive more carefully. They have less fatalities. I don't know, that's just a theory. So anyway, the good news is we did not make the top 10 for homicide rates, though. That's a plus. Mississippi was number one, which I wouldn't have thought. Maine apparently is the safest state. And if you're considering Idaho, like many people are, they rank number three for safety. So there you go. That's a plus. So again, taking the issues of abortion and the homosexual transgender agenda, and then you think about the direction of the state, and sometimes you wonder, like I was just saying, is God going to judge the nations, but specifically by the borders of the states? And I know nations means people groups, but God has a lot to say about the lands and nations and judgment. Uh, it's very common in the Word of God. I think about Genesis 4.10, when God says to Cain, who just killed Abel, he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And you know, that's not the only time that the earth opened up to receive uh, sinners in a moment of God's wrath. <laughs> So I just, again, think about how God sees all the blood of those aborted souls here in our state and how we're in a dogfight against the homosexual transgender agenda just because we want to preach the whole counsel of God and call all sinners, regardless of the sin, to repentance. And you think about the choices that we still have and where we can apply our tax dollars. Do we make our voice heard that way? It certainly made a difference politically after the 2020 census. Remember that? When the population in California decreased. So for the first time in it's like 171 years, we took a hit politically and we lost a seat in Congress, which is great since all we do is turn out progressive Democrats. I was glad we lost a seat. But not only do we have fewer representatives in the House, it also means one fewer vote in the Electoral College that decides the presidency and less of the $1.5 trillion in federal money distributed by population each year. So because people left California and moved to Texas, Texas added two seats and Florida, moving to Florida, they got one. 
So I don't know, is it better anywhere else? Some things maybe, and maybe only marginally, some things may be much better. But we know that everything will eventually break down. Every state will eventually go off the rails because I think the USA is the Titanic and we've hit the iceberg. I've said that before. And just a little story about these other places. You know, I had a friend that moved to Idaho and she moved to a suburb on the outskirts of Boise. So at the very end of the line, if you will. So she was in a house in the very last track at the end of the very last block and she only had one house on the right of her and then the rest of it was prairie but on the one side of the house that she moved into on the right side there was a gay pride flag and then on the other side of her house so her house and the house next to her there was a vote for biden sign on their lawn obviously this was a couple years ago so that's interesting. You move to the furthest end of the most conservative state that you can find, but you're still going to have a couple liberals on either side of you. Interesting. And then Texas, great. But you know, the Texas border with Mexico, what's going on there? I mean, we're in California. We have a border crisis as well, but our border is small. I mean, really small compared to Arizona or Texas. Again, so is it better elsewhere? It depends on why you're leaving. God moves people for his purposes. I mean, Abraham, he gave Abraham his promise that he would be given a land, go out, make descendants. I'm going to give them all to you. So many that you can't count them because they'll be like stars in the sky. And that was the beginning of God taking them to the promised land when he makes eventually a covenant with the Israelites. So we don't have anything like that today, right? As believers in the church age, we have Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, amen. So Jesus told his disciples to get busy, take the message to all the nations. And we are commanded to give the gospel wherever we go. We are calling people to repentance and faith. And, what do you think of what God says about where we live in that way? Should we stay or should we go? Why are we going? What is the hope? What are we expecting from another state? I love the 17th chapter of Acts for a lot of reasons, but Acts 17, 26, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God determines where every man and woman is placed on all the earth, their time, where they dwell, which I love, certain nations in specific locations and their conquests, how they will rise and fall, etc. God has appointed me here for now. And wherever you are, you are there for now. It doesn't mean we aren't free to move to another state, of course, or another country for that matter. But before I would do that, I just think it takes some real questioning as to why. I think you can make a case for wanting to put your money into a state that more closely aligns with biblical values. I do, I mean, in California is too busy. Maybe you want a slow life and you wanna slow it down and you wanna fly fish, great. Or your kids and grandkids are moving and you want to go or your parents are going and you want to follow. So how do you make those decisions based on what? Maybe your church, your family and the gospel. You need a solid church, of course, what's best for your family and how can you be most effective in the church and for the gospel? 
And, you know, of course, the people of this state, the people of California need Bible-believing folks who love the unbeliever to give them the hope of Christ. If we all go to Idaho, I mean, we can evangelize the Mormons, but we are going to become some communal band and then leave society? Are we gonna do that for our own protection? You know what, though, you have to consider that. It's a very real desire. It really is. As things get worse, as the days get darker, you have that draw to pull out and be safe and separate from what's going on. And I think it does get stronger. But I think we need to consider God's purposes for us now, where we are now, wherever you live, where he has placed you has significance. And I'm just trying to think that through more than my own comfort. What about you? I'm saying, Lord, put me where I can do the most good, of course, for the church and for the gospel. And I may keep paying taxes in California and God will have to work it out to give, we give, right, what, what is due to Caesar to Caesar, and then the Lord will have to make all things right in the end. That's for him to sort out. That's kind of how it goes. So that's true, and we can think that way. But like I said, or do you take your money as a protest and invest it in Florida's economy or Idaho's economy, where the governing body might be more inclined to use it for godly purposes? I don't know. It's just an interesting question. How do you filter that through. Email me. I have the email in the show notes and I want to know how you make that decision and what your thoughts are. Wherever you are, that is the question. Will you stay or will you go? Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.